0: Coming up on this week's episode of the Irreverent Nerds podcast, we sit down to talk about Will's favorite comic book series, Usagi Yunjimbo, written and illustrated by the venerable Stan Sakai. Stay tuned for more right after this.
1: I'm Richard, and I'm Will.
0: And together we're
1: the the irreverent nerds. Nerds. Um, um, um.
0: Nerds. Nerds. We are here in my living room recording on a new setup. So we're recording on a desktop PC for the first time. Fancy. And we are recording for the first time with our Audio-Technica microphones. Uh. We have recently purchased two Audio-Technica AT2005 USB-slash-XLR microphones. Long-term, we want to have a physical mixer or interface where we can plug the XLR in through that and then put that directly into the PC. But at this point, we are doing it through a, a... Free program actually, voice meter. Um they work on donations, but
1: voice meter. Yeah,
0: like you can set it up. It's sort of like a virtual mixer in a sense. You can bring both the microphones in, and then that comes in as a single source through Audacity, which we are also recording on for the first time. So we're we're trying some new things. Hopefully it'll work out well and you'll be able to hear us well.
1: But yes, welcome.
0: <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, for those of you who are anticipating video, we, we couldn't get it to sync up with the video recording, so there will be no video this week. So bum, sad. Bum, bum. But audio is the main thing because this is a podcast, after yes. all. That's the most important thing. And speaking of important things, we are here today to talk about Will's favorite comic book. Is that fair to say?
1: I think it's fair to say. I was definitely one of the most influential for me.
0: Yeah, so we're we're here to talk about Usagi Unjimbo. Did I say that correctly? Usagi Unjimbo. So. Usagi! No. <laughs> and, yeah, and I, I was in preparation, like I was reading through a couple of, uh, gra- well, I got through one graphic novel, The Tengu Wars. Oh, you have it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Tengu yeah. War. Uh, where does that fall in the pantheon?
1: Well, um, chronologically, it would be one of the... Um well, it w- it would be uh, okay, except for special exceptions. The comics uh, generally take place in the timeline as as it unfolds. So, you know, we're not jumping back in time a whole lot here or anything like that. It just this story takes place after the last story, kind of thing.
0: Nice. And how many years has uh, Stan Sakai Ooh. been doing this now? Twenty like something. <sighs>
1: No, no, older than that. Really? Yes. He's uh he's been putting out Usagi Yojimbo since before I was born. Wow. Uh I think either eighty three or eighty four. I forget.
0: Nice. And he pretty much does the whole thing himself, right? He does the yeah. writing, he does the, the drawing, the lettering, like the whole
1: nine yards, right? Yeah, he does. Um and he still finds time to work on other projects. I don't know how he does it. Uh, he's famous for his lettering on things like the Spider-Man comic strip. Um, I know that's one of the things that he he does. Yeah, I saw on Tinga War that he won an
0: Eisner Award for lettering oh, yeah. on that one. I'm assuming he's probably won that a few times.
1: Oh, quite a few times. And some Parents' Choice Awards as well.
0: Yeah, no, I, I didn't see anything... Um, uh, basically, it looked PG material to me, like PG because of the violence, but he didn't have a lot of blood in it. No. Um, violence, definitely, but not blood. So it, it would have been like, say, like a Y7 superhero or, or a samurai show where there is fighting, but not
1: on-screen blood. Yeah, the original uh, comics actually did have blood, but he toned it down.
0: Ah, okay. So that's some of his older
1: work. Oh, yeah. This is the first trade paperback, book one. For by Fantagraphics.
0: Fantagraphics, so that was his first publisher. Is um, that, is that, after is whoever, that, correct, or did he self-publish when he first got out?
1: Well, well um... if that was even a thing back in nineteen eighty, I don't remember what company published Albedo, but this is his first publisher as a that I remember as a standalone uh, st- series. So uh, huh. originally appeared in an anthology, Al- Albedo. I don't recall what that publisher was.
0: So this this one was published in 1987. But is this a collection of works that were published earlier?
1: Oh, yes. I see. Okay. Yes.
0: So this was like a new format, like a compilation or trade paperback, I believe is the correct term, yes? Right. So, but before that, he was doing it, you know, releasing as comic books.
1: Yeah, just story per story in issue format um and like i said originally in anthology works like albedo
0: okay okay and so let's um i want to talk about three things as we first get in here one is stan sakai's story like how did he get into comics what's his journey there and number two um Yusagi, the main yeah. character. So it's Miyam- Miyamoto Yusagi, correct? Is that right? His, that's his, correct. His name. And what does the Yunjimbo stand for? Bodyguard. Ah, okay. So Yusagi bodyguard.
1: Rob- rabbit bodyguard. Rabbit that's bodyguard. The, the oh, oh so that's what
0: Yusagi means, rabbit. Right. So Miyamoto rabbit. <laughs> yes. Because exactly. Miyamoto? I've heard that before. That's is that a? I think a somewhat common Japanese name or.
1: Uh, well, it's an. It might be, but it's. I'm not sure about that. It might be. But it's also the uh, family name of a famous samurai, Miyamoto Musashi. Uh-huh. Okay. Which okay. Uh, Usagi is partially based on.
0: Yeah, and I noticed just in reading Tingu War, I believe I've read some more. I mean, we've been friends a long time, and yeah. you like Usagi as, long, as far back as I can remember. So I believe I have read some other ones, but he puts a lot of... I'm assuming he does his research And puts a lot of Japanese history Oh yeah Into his definitely. books So I imagine that's part of the The appeal Like over the decades That he's been doing it It's like There's a lot you can keep diving into If you Go to that well over and over again Because they How long has Japan been around? A couple couple thousand years Two, three thousand years at least
1: Well uh, We're not exactly certain How long Japan has been around Because The farther back in history you get It gets kind of murky mm mm-hmm. I've done some light research in there back when I was trying to write and draw my own samurai comics. Um, But yeah, uh, it stretches uh, a few thousand years.
0: Yeah, I imagine so. And, um, let's see. So Stan Sakai, was he born in Japan or was he like second, like first, I don't know what the right word is, first, second gen, did his parents emigrate? Like, what's his story? Like,
1: Well, uh, it's been a while since I've read about this. I think he was born in uh, Japan. Uh, Was he born in Kyoto? I can't remember. Uh, For some reason, something that starts with a K K comes to mind. But wherever he was born, I think he was born in Japan, and then his family immigrated to Hawaii. Now, if stuggy fans out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but i'm pretty sure he was born in japan
0: okay and then is it san francisco is that where he ended up san diego yeah
1: yeah he's definitely living out in california right now i mean i'm not exactly a stalker i'm not sure exactly where he is (laughs) right 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 but he's somewhere in that state (laughs) like he 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 more more or
0: less grew up there right because he i think there were quite a few japanese immigrants to california back over the decades maybe not as much in the last 50 years um, but I know kind of that entire West Coast there. Uh, I know there's there's quite a few immigrants and like descendants of immigrants up in the Washington area, area that kind of Seattle in particular. Um, but anyway, but he has, so he was born there, so his parents probably still spoke Japanese. And, and so he had some of that culture
1: growing up. Oh, absolutely. Um, he at home, re- basically. He recalls some stories growing up in Hawaii about... Uh, Some yokai tales. Uh, uh, I think that I recall a story he told about a local movie theater being haunted by yokai. But he definitely grew up with that kind of uh, influence. With that culture. Now remind me uh, what a yokai is. Oh, that is a a Japanese ghost or monster. So it's just like a
0: generic, almost like the word ghost. Right. You know, it's like a very generic term within Japanese
1: mythology. Right. Um, Definitely mythology is the correct word, I think, to use there. (laughs) Apologies. My wife's calling. Anyway, um... So, I think that he moved to California when he was an adult actually. Okay, so maybe he
0: so he, but he grew up in Hawaii. Right. I believe so he
1: attended art college in Hawaii as well.
0: Ameri- okay, okay. So Now how old hell was he when he first started drawing Usagi and did he have some comics he produced before that?
1: Yes, uh it's I haven't actually read it. I think it's called Ground Thumper but it was about a, a medieval rabbit in, in medieval Europe. Uh, Hermes and Ground Thumper uh, my apologies if I'm getting these names wrong Um, but that was about a uh, rabbit and like a hamster sidekick something like that.
0: Samurai rabbit? Uh,
1: Swordsman uh no. Got, but um, yeah, he did that, and I'm not sure what else he might have done before. Uh, he he did Usagi. I know he originally created Usagi as a backup character in his uh, Ground Thumper series, but fortunately, he there decided we go. to give him. Looking a- at his
0: website, the Adventures of Nilsen, Ground Thumper, and Hermie.
1: Great. I didn't get it completely wrong.
0: So it says a medieval setting influenced by Sergio Aragonés' Gru, the Wanderer. Ah, isn't that that French comic book you picked up from McKay's the other day? Oh no, no, no! no. Um, something
1: different. I believe that Gru Sergio is from Spain, I think. But oh, okay, but the comic you're talking about is Asterix. Ah, uh, yes, yes,
0: okay. I've heard of Gru somewhere, but. Yeah, Sergio, that does that does seem like an uh, Italian name. Okay, here we go. Albedo. And so his characters first appeared in Albedo in nineteen eighty four. Became famous location in and Jimbo. Nice. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, we're we're looking at
1: um. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it looks like the information on the website here would probably be more correct than me just trying to remember what I've read.
0: Yeah, so obviously credit goes to the website here. We're not trying to plagiarize yep. anything. This is com, so check it out if you want to learn more about him, if you want to buy his artwork, his books, etc. Um, so I guess we'll just read a, a little blurb here. Um so Stan Sakai began his career by simply lettering comic books as he perfected his art and began working in the industry. He also wrote and illustrated The Adventures of Nilsson, Groundthupper, and Hermia, a comic series with a medieval setting influenced by Sergio Aragones' grew the Wanderer. The characters first appeared in Albedo, number one, in 1984, and were subsequently featured in issues of Critters, Grimjack, Amazing Heroes, and Furlough. <laughs> With two R's. Fur. Fur. Stan Sky became famous with the creation of Yusagi Yunjimbo, the epic saga of Miyamoto Yusagi, a samurai rabbit living in late 16th and early 17th century Japan. So this is before, so kind of um, transitioning Yusagi, this would have been um, prior to, this is like the height of the samurai? Like when did the samurai come into existence? Like do you, do you recall?
1: Uh no not off the top of my head. Um I think I read somewhere it was like Middle Ages, but I may be getting that wrong. I'm certainly not an expert. <laughs> uh I'm not sure but I, I do know that the 1500s 1600s was the rise of the shogunate, the shogun, but um and the subsequent um Fall of the Samurai, where the samurai class was no longer needed uh, because the shogun brought peace to Japan. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't have the answer for that. No, it's okay.
0: It's okay. I I didn't I didn't uh, let you know questions ahead of time, so <laughs> we're kind of playing this by ear. So <clears throat> I know well. I only know this because of the the movie The Last Samurai, but. The samurai more or less died out in the 19th right. century. Yes, as with the advent of the Industrial Revolution and then Japan adopting Western technologies, you know, the samurai slowly faded out. Um, but obviously, not in terms of their legend and right. their, their lore. I mean, you, you still see well, like Yusagi and Jimbo. Um, so, what um, what was your first exposure to Yusagi? Was it that book that you had? Like, um, Like, that came out in 1987, so you would have been, what, two years old? Well, that's. I'm assuming it was a few years later.
1: It was a few years later. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you asked. I brought this, and I'm sorry for the people who can't watch this since we can't get video. But here are some trading cards from the original 1980s Ninja Turtle cartoon in which Usagi appeared. Ah, nice. an episode. And that's how I was introduced. Oh, dude.
0: I remember these. I had a few of these trading cards. Not not with cool. Usagi on them, but I remember. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Wow, so that, that was pretty early on in both of those yeah. um, properties. Were they published by the same publisher at that time? Like, is that uh, how they got connected?
1: No, no. Actually, um, uh, Stan Sakai was friends with Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. Oh, okay, um, okay. And that's how that happened. Um, now, eventually, if, if I remember correctly, after Fancy Graphics, Isagi Yojimbo was published by Mirage, the Ninja Turtle publishing company. Uh, I don't know what year that was, though.
0: I'm sure we could look it up, but um, not, not as important. Um, but for you, do you remember... How old you were. So I know Ninja Turtles started in 85, like the year we were born, but then it continued on for several years and then it was in syndication. Right. So when you and I, I think, when you you and I were
1: watching it, it was probably,
0: there might have still been new episodes coming
1: out, like of the first go around. Well, I think the, the book came out in 85, the original book, but I think the cartoon was 87. I think you're right. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely somewhere in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I don't know an exact year that I would have seen this uh, Usagi Ojimbo episode. Um, but, so yeah, that, that was about the time. Let's just say 1990, 1991. I don't know.
0: So that was your first exposure to the character was through the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV series.
1: It was, and I had no idea that Usagi had his own series until... Sometime in the late 90s when I found this. This should be book 13, Demon Mask. So the 13th trade paperback featuring the story Demon Mask. I found this at a local comic shop uh, still around today, Sailfish. Oh, okay. Um, And I was just enamored. I mean, I remember this, loving this character from the show. So I was just taken aback in joy when I saw that he had his own series and I've been a fan ever since
0: nice so since the late 90s oh cool this is an introduction by Paul Dini of DC and Batman the Animated Series fame that's pretty sweet and I could definitely see like as I was reading that that your art style has been influenced by Stan's art style, like I, I could see that as soon as I started reading through, it, I was like, "Oh yeah, Will has definitely been influenced by this." Um, would you count Stan as one of your primary influences as far as your style, like even down to like paneling or things, or is it more just the the drawing itself?
1: I'm not really certain. I'm glad that you can see the influence of the art style on my own art uh, because I think that. Uh, all my influences have blurred together to the point where I sometimes don't see where each thing came from. Um, I'm not going to claim. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, I hope that my art honors Stan Sakai, but uh, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to claim to be anywhere near his level of mastery, obviously, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely been influenced by his art style.
0: Well, it's a much, like, from what I could tell, it's a much, it's a a simpler style than definitely, than, say, like your typical DC or Marvel, which can be, like, so intricate in the drawings. Like, it just, it just seemed to me to be, cleaner's not the right word, but just a a simpler style. But, I imagine one of one of the things that shows mastery is consistency, right? Like just consistency of
1: style over the years. Absolutely. I mean, his art style has definitely uh, changed over the years. If you look at the first book versus the more recent books by IDW, um, but he has been extremely consistent in the quality of his work, both both in the storytelling and the artwork.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Uh, that makes him. That's that's one of the reasons why he's such a he's he's seen as such a master of his craft. As a matter of fact, I have an embarrassing tale to <laughs> tell, um, and this is a confession of sin. Oh no! <laughs> so this is a comic art sin confession. <laughs> so um, I was at Heroes Con back in 2019, and I was lined up to meet Stan Sakai, my idol. And someone asked me, who didn't know, he, they were Stan Sakai wasn't even there yet. We were lined up at his table, and someone said, what's this line for? And, uh, okay, when I said Stan Sakai, they were like, well, well, who's that? Why should I be in this line? You know, what's this about? Uh, who is he? And I'm like, I told the guy that he was my childhood hero uh artistically and that you know if you grew up i grew up reading Usagi yojimbo since i was a teenager but other people you know i pointed to don rosa over there and i was like well if you grew up reading don rosa maybe he'd be your hero and and so i compared the two and then the uh heroes con staff that was holding the table for sakai looked at me and he was like okay (laughs) and it was at that (laughs) moment i realized i committed a cardinal sin Uh, Stan Sakai is not just my hero, he is a legend, he is a master of his craft. If you really think about it, uh, who else can say they've been doing the same series without quality dips for this long? Yeah, and getting all this almost 30 years, yeah. yeah, and getting all these Eisner awards. And he just doesn't get awards for his saga. He gets awards for his lettering on Spider-Man, the comic strip and things. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a master. I mean, no, no, he's not doing the same kind of art that DC and Marvel are putting out. But, I mean, I prefer Stan's art over that anyway. But, but it's, it's not everyone's cup of tea. But you can't say that Stan's artwork isn't, uh, I mean, it is a master work.
0: Yeah, that that's um so stylistically what is it about his work that you like? Like say say compared to your typical DC cuz like I know with DC and Marvel like their superhero characters they're they're so features are so exaggerated at least their musculature and all that. I know that's on purpose. Um I have always found that a bit annoying myself. Yeah. Um so what is it what what maybe in contrast to that? What is it about Stan's style that you prefer?
1: Well, um, every line has a purpose. Uh, There aren't any idle lines that are just thrown down for no reason. Um, I guess, personally, uh, I I want to act like I'm some sort of art critic, and I know what I'm (laughs) talking about, but... The truth is, I just like cartoons. I mm-hmm. I don't like the realistic art styles of DC and Marvel. I like cartoons. I like, if you were to, to say, hey, look at this um, Batman comic versus Batman the Animated Series, and you had me choose, I'm going to go to Batman the Animated Series. But um, as far as... All
0: right. Uh, Will, I'm going to pause you for a second because my family is coming in the door. (laughs) So we're going to pause for just a moment. Hey nerds, Richard here. Asking you to consider supporting this podcast. If you go to our website, anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd, right there on the top of the page is a support button click on that and then you can select the level at which you would like to support us. You can do 99 cents a month, 4.99 a month or even 9.99 a month. And as I've said before, if you agree to do 9.99 a month, we'll will come to your house and give you a hug and a kiss. No, not really. Just kidding. <laughs> but you will definitely receive our gratitude. So, take a minute today to go on there and let us know that you love us because you know we're desperate for that so just let us know <laughs> thanks dirtz now back to our regular schedule program we are
1: back back again again back my friend friend
0: so we were <clears throat> we were talking about Stan Sakai's art style and and why you prefer it over DC and Marvel and you had mentioned, for you, that's just you like cartoons. You prefer that over.
1: I do, I do, and and like you, you know, I grew up with Ducktales, and uh, so uh, you could probably relate when I say that um, you you know only only when it comes to Ducktales, maybe that I like the uh, the animal characters. Uh, Usagi Yojimba was born out of uh, the '80s underground um, comics movement. Uh, and there were a lot of uh funny animal or furry characters back then.
0: Yeah, and obviously the teenage mutant ninja turtles being being one and right. we already talked some about how Stan knew those creators and that's kind of how they've the collaborations have come over the years. Has there ever been a crossover? This kind of getting off their our current topic, but has there ever been a crossover in the comics with those two?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um um, I brought one of the crossovers with me. Unfortunately, it's not at my side to show you right now, but uh, there's been quite a few crossovers with Usagi and the Turtles, both in the animated series as well as in the Usagi, the pages of Usagi Ojimbo itself. Um, there were a few really short crossovers, mostly featuring Leonardo and Usagi. Um... In the early days, and then when Usagi Yojimbo was being published by Mirage, they had this uh, quite large crossover arc. Uh, and then in more recent years, uh, at IDW Publishing Company, there was another crossover um, with those characters.
0: Nice. That's that's really cool. I like I like seeing that. And this is obviously different creators as opposed to like a shared universe like DC or Marvel the two together wills uh, getting up to get the comic book and show it to me so yeah Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Yusagi and
1: Jimbo Stan and Tom Luth you know I believe that uh, unlike the older works this is full color inside
0: Interesting. Well, there is a section where... So it switches, unless that's just two different versions, it switches to black and white, looks like. Right, in the back. Or is back, that
1: just... Uh, okay. It, it has uh, one of the original crossovers with Leonardo. And <sighs> nice, nice. From the 80s. That's so more historic.
0: Yeah, the coloring honestly reminds me of of the work that you do with color do you think they do it with a computer or it depends it looks like it could also be a bit of watercolor in there honestly
1: it's some i don't know if they ever do that in the comic book world do they oh they do um <clears throat> i think it's definitely less heard of these days than it used to be but uh in Stan Sakai's work specifically uh if there is a colored uzo yojimbo it'll go one of two ways. Either it'll be a special uh, exception where Stan Sakai uses watercolors to color the whole story, or it'll be digitally colored by an assistant like Tom Luth.
0: Uh, okay, so he's the one... So did in this particular volume, did Stan Sakai actually do the writing for the whole thing?
1: Oh, absolutely. He, uh, he writes everything. Nice.
0: So the crossover... So it didn't have Eastman's, is Eastman even still involved in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic? Uh
1: comic? He is, he is. Uh, he's working with IDW to put out um, the newer stuff. Um, uh, for example, he's highly involved with The Last Ronin, which is an uh, Elseworlds story that uh, tells the story of what happens when all the turtles, but Michelangelo, dies, and then Michelangelo is the last one. I think I just got that on my Kindle. Oh, like, cool, cool. Uh, it's it's uh,
0: well, not free, but like it's on Kindle Unlimited. If you have a Kindle Unlimited membership, you can at
1: least get at least one of the volumes anyway. I don't know if it's the whole thing, but yeah, I'll, so I'll have to I'll have to pick that up next. As a matter of fact, in the back, Kevin Eastman has uh, uh, his cover artwork for this crossover. Nice. Ah, uh, the Foot Soldiers. Yeah, did, he, Does he call them that in the comics?
0: Or? Yes. Yeah. Nice. So he a sh- Shredder as well in the comics, or does he go by a different
1: name? Oh, no, he, he, Roku Saki Shredder goes by the same name in the comics. Roko. Fun fact, I know we're talking about Osagi, but fun fact, Shredder actually dies the first um, appearance. Oh, yeah. I think you've told me this before. Does he get, like, reincarnated? He does in this really weird really weird ninja magic where he, his body is just a little bunch of worms. Ooh, that's
0: fun. As opposed to, like, um, well, I guess technically I think, I'm thinking of Ra's al Ghul, but he doesn't get reincarnated. He just, like, extends his life well, in, in the, the pit, the Lazarus pit.
1: Well, that's a good correction. I wouldn't say Shredder was reincarnated. I, I would say he was resurrected, but yes.
0: Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I think that's what I meant to say. Because, yeah, he comes back as Shredder. Wow. <laughs> so what uh, what would you say is your favorite storyline within the Soggy canon?
1: Well, most people would say the grass-cutter story, but I believe my favorite would be Dragon Bellow Conspiracy. Now, on your Kindle, uh, you showed me two books that... You were gonna try to read, uh, yeah. I got
0: started on. I got about halfway through the Tingo War.
1: Okay, um, that's all I've read so far. Okay, so the other one that you showed me, uh, the front cover. It, it, it's okay. I don't own that book. It is an Osagi Jimbo's Origin trade. Um, the reason I don't own it is because I own the original prints. Uh, I don't own the. Uh, republished through IDW version, which is in full color. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure, but judging by the front cover, I would say that that probably is takes place sometime in the during the Dragon Ball conspiracy arc. So you might be in for a treat there. Nice. Okay. So that's your like. Chronologically, where does that fall in
0: Sakai's work? Is that like mid-2000s, early 2000s? Is oh, no, no. Is no. It further
1: back? It's much further back. That's only the fourth trade paperback. Um, I should have moved the box of books back. <laughs> Grab the
0: whole bucks. box. But, uh, but you said you don't have a cup. or No, you have the original black
1: and yeah, white. Like, yeah, I do. I mean, not everything I have is the original... Uh, year it was printed, but um, I do have much older versions of the comics than IDW. Now, where is it? Anyway, um,
0: um yeah, I was gonna say you gotta talk into the mic, we. <laughs> yeah these these mics are very. Not quite directional, but they're sensitive and, yeah. We're still getting used to them, our new Audio-Technica mics. Okay. A warning Epic by Stan Sakai. A Dragon Bellow Conspiracy. Who's Alejandro hodorowski the intro? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that name myself.
1: But the reason why this is my favorite is because it is the first um, such epic arc within the series, and it has the Blind Swords Pig in it. The b- <laughs> the Blind Swords Pig. Yeah, one of my favorite char- characters other than Juno Um I see a pig here, but he doesn't doesn't seem blind. Is that a different character? No, that's a different character. Okay. Uh, the Blind Swords Pig. Um, will never have his eyes open and will always... Ah, uh, I see him. Yeah, there he is. He's okay, got that okay. wooden n- nose strapped to his uh, face. Ah, uh, so he, his nose got cut off in battle at some point. Yes, um, in an earlier trade paperback.
0: So, do you think Stan Sakai's decision to do
1: um, black and white, traditionally, do you think that's influenced by manga at all? I would say probably so, but also probably... Probably just because it was cheaper, uh, a lot of the '80s underground comics were in black and white at that time. Actually, yeah, like Team and T was also right. Yeah, Team and T, the Tick, um, all sorts of things. Probably Bucky O'Hare. <laughs> um, I can't remember everything that was printed during that time. Nice. Some of these characters are looking familiar. So
0: I feel like either. Either I borrowed this one from you at some point and read it or or just another one with Oh cool. I'm trying to remember though. But I, I know I've read at least one or two over the years. Uh, from probably from your collection. Yeah, I actually um looked I, I looked for some at McKay's, did not see any. Um have you ever run into any there?
1: Uh no. Um I take that back. I might have, but it was a trade that I already owned. I didn't know you were looking, I would have picked it up for you. I know, I, like just the other day I was happened to be there and I was like,
0: "Oh, look and see if they have anything." And no, they did not. <clears throat> but maybe this might be the kind of thing where the
1: fans are like hardcore fans and they don't ever get rid of their I would say probably so, although the majority of the books I have were all used. Uh some of them were new, but a lot of them were used. Some of them aren't even in print anymore, and they were hard for me to track down. Um, and I keep talking about the trades, and I just want to point out that that's, that's how I digest these. I actually, I do have some issues, but I mostly just waited for the trade paperbacks to come out. I, I tend to prefer that as well. I mean, for one thing, it's cheaper
0: um, in the long run, like rather than buying multiple issues like as they're coming out and yeah you, know, you get what maybe a one or two dozen pages, and then you gotta wait yeah you know however long it is a month It's typically monthly with most issues like
1: of Usagi well um, I think there have been some periods in Stan's life in which uh it was more like every two months or something. I mean the fans have been very dedicated, and they'll definitely wait for it. Uh, There's been times where he stopped to do other projects or stopped because of family issues, I think. But uh, he's very dedicated to his work, so it doesn't stop for very long.
0: Um. Let's see. All right, so the Dragon dragon Bellows, did I remember it correctly? Right, the Dragon Bellows is is your favorite storyline. So. Do you wanna give us like a brief synopsis of that, like a summary oh, of, sure, of what that sure. storyline's about?
1: Well, I kind haven't of, read it in a while, uh so I might get some of this wrong, but um the Dragon Bellow, I believe that that is referencing that uh one of the daimyo, one of the warlords, has been able to get his hands on gunpowder from the West. Um you know, when it explodes, it makes a loud noise, therefore Dragon Baller. Uh, and he's planning to use this to take down the Shogunate and become Shogun or something like that. Uh, I can't remember if he's working with the Neko Ninja or if the Neko Ninja or... The Neko Ninja are probably working for um, Haikiji,
0: As opposed to Naked Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Not naked. Neko is in cat ninja. Neko Japanese, <laughs> Japanese word for cat.
0: <laughs> I mean, you you would be able to be really quiet unless you snagged something sensitive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> like ah, oh, oh! I
1: don't know how to curse in Japanese, but oh! um, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> anyway <laughs> that was great uh <laughs> so the uh the neko uh this is one of the few times this... if i remember correctly you saw he actually works with the neko ninja this, this joke has been brought to you by neko wafers
0: no. <laughs> not naked wafers neko wafers sorry i couldn't is that a thing yeah apparently it's a thing neko wafers i don't i don't know why they're called that
1: but anyway, okay anyway um <laughs> Uh, yeah, destroyed my train of thought. Well, anyway, it's several different storylines that all collide. Jinosuke, the rhino, he is on the bounty for Ito, the, uh, if I remember correctly, his name is Ito anyway, the blind swords pig. The blind swords pig just got a new nose, and he's after Usagi for revenge for cutting his nose off. Ah. Um, Usagi is trying to rescue Tomo Ami. Uh, his love interest um from this uh this warlord who has kidnapped her be- because um uh, she came across this conspiracy. I think the conspiracy is against the Geishu clan, which she's a vassal for the Geishu uh clan. Not to be confused with Geisha clan, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Geishu. Anyway, um So Usagi and uh, Junosuke and Ito, the Blind Swords Pig, they all, uh, in the Neko, the the Cat Ninja, who are being sent by Hakiji, uh, Usagi's original nemesis in the early comics, uh, they all start working together. They cross paths. uh, They find a common enemy in this warlord who has imported these this gunpowder and these guns in and um uh oh, oh I believe that there's also a vassal working for the warlord who Utsagi um tries to convert over to their side um but the samurai code bushido does not allow him to do so even though he serves a despicable lord um oh because because he's sworn fealty to that Lord
0: right against Bushido to get him to betray his Lord, his master or
1: right the Usagi character, even though he is a Samurai and should already know these things, he kind of acts like the uh a stand in for the reader, so mm-hmm. even even though this is his nation and his culture. Uh, he often acts like the reader in, in his sensibilities and then the other characters have to remind him that's not how we do things. Hmm. Of course, I guess in in real life, like when you live in a culture, you grow
0: up in it, you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily consciously thinking about those things all the time. You know, like you have to be, well, it's like we have so many laws here in America, like, I don't know what half of them are. <laughs> Not even that. I mean, I'm sure I've broken some I don't even know exist. It is um, illegal to hide ice cream in your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> it is illegal to expectorate on the sidewalk at, at noon on a Sunday. Now, <laughs> um Yeah, there's some pretty ridiculous ones out there that are still in the books in some places. Um But, yeah, like, I, I don't know. what. So, so yeah, like, a, that's why we have lawyers. That's what they're for. And they come yes. and remind us of the laws and... And help us figure out ways to get around them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, get around them (laughs) exactly.
1: Um, (coughs) What were we talking about? (laughs) Um, Um, Dragon Ball conspiracy.
0: Yeah, you were you were kind of guiding us through the storyline of your your favorite, or you're guiding us through your favorite storyline within Stan's comics.
1: Well, what I really love about it. They do rescue Tomo Ame, and they are able to win the day. Um, Haikiji's cat ninjas uh, (laughs) and Usagi and the team, they end up using the gunpowder to blow up the uh, warlord's castle, and they escape, and they think uh, Ito, the blind swords pig, he just wants to be left alone He's always wanted to just find peace and settle down somewhere, but he's a wanted criminal because there's a bounty on his head. It. I don't think it ever really says what he did. It's just that whenever he goes somewhere, he has a violent reaction to people being rude to him. So he kills them or something. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so they think he died in the explosion, uh, but in the epilogue, we see that he survived and, uh, he is brought back to health. Actually, that might be a following story. He's brought back to health by a girl, and he ends up marrying her, and I think having a child. Uh, so that's great, you know. Um, I just thought, really new, just thought of a new of a stanza guy, sorry.
0: Ico the sword's pig. When pork fights back. <laughs> pork fights <laughs> back. Uh, sorry. I don't know if they even ate pigs in feudal... Well, it's probably not fuel. Japan
1: Is that the right? Or shogun did, did, they, did they eat pork? They probably did Well, I can tell you that rhinos did not exist in Japan either Oh, uh, that's true
0: <laughs> Yeah, they might not even have pigs
1: there um, I don't know if they did or not That's a really good question
0: Where did pigs come from? That, here's a stuff you should know probably has an episode on this They've been going for, what, 12 years? That's one of the longest running podcasts um, That's probably one of their Where did pigs come from? where <laughs> anyway i don't know but no i i like that there's like a a, a pig he's not a samurai right he's a
1: where is he he's just kind of like a he might have he's like i i'm not sure or... you know i'm not really sure i don't think that ito's background has really been explored like that before hmm. which is too bad because the character has been retired for a couple of decades now or so hmm. um all i know is he has a walking staff and. That separates to reveal a hidden knife so I don't know if he was a ninja or just a traveler or I don't know where he got his sword skills from
0: Hmm. it's a mystery mystery pig (laughs) no I like that it is a mystery so it's populated it's land populated by anthropomorphic rabbits and pigs and rhinos and birds yeah and, and
1: of course tengu it was a unicorn at one time? Oh yeah, some unicorn <laughs> in the background. You know, I want to talk about that for a second. I don't know why, but Stan Sakai's early early work on Usagi Yojimbo was a lot had a lot more variation than today. I mean, like today, all the characters are like anth- cat anthropomorphics, but back in the day, he had bulls and horses, and a, one one unicorn in the background, and Gru the Wanderer showed up in a panel. And uh, Hikiji himself was a human, and Hikiji appeared in Senso. Um,
0: but oh, uh, we've we've got a guest joining us, by the way. Um, my youngest is is here.
1: But in Senso, uh, Hikiji's face was blackened out. So I think Stan Sakai has decided that he regrets making Hikiji a human character in this world. But I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure why. Oh, yeah, that's a good he, question. Like, yeah. are, is that the only human character,
0: or are there a few others?
1: Yeah, so far that's the only human character, unless you count the one panel that grew the wanderer appears. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But but that's not canon. That's just a gag. So, hmm. uh, yeah. Kiji yeah. is canon.
0: Cool. Yeah, there's something like I I do like, and I guess maybe this is why his work is popular, but. There's something very, very romantic about the the samurai and, and the samurai culture and like the code of bushido. Um, oh yeah, like, and I don't mean romantic in in the 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 sense of like guy and girl getting together, but more of like the broader idea of of romantic.
1: Oh no, I understand i really uh love this series, and there's a lot of really good series out there also about about samurai. I haven't read them all I mean there's um shoot, I don't remember yeah, I've
0: picked up a couple of mangas over 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 the years i think at Mckay's actually <laughs> just every now and then i picked up one and and um read through it a lot i I like that, yeah, I think the ones I got though ended up being like very. Like more for like mature audiences, right? So, so like a lot more blood and guts and nudity and things like that, which none of which you see in in Usagi. Right?
1: No, that's why it keeps getting Parent Awards. But uh, I haven't read a lot of them, but I think the one I was going to reference was Lone Cu- Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, uh, but I would recommend Ruroni Kenshin. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 And that that was. One of your favorite animes. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely, right? absolutely. We need absolutely. we
1: need to do an episode of that. That would be great. Yeah. I, I think it's... Uh, I love how... Usagi Ojimbo can do this, too. But I just love how some manga like Rony Kenshin and Usagi Ojimbo and, and... and Well, that's not a manga, but you know what I mean. Uh, they're not just um, dumb entertainment, but they make you think, too, sometimes.
0: Yeah, and I I like, there's like a very, whether you agree with all of it or not, there's like a strict moral code, a sense of honor. And um, there's something about that that's very appealing. Again, whether you agree with all the aspects of the code or not, there's just something about like a through line, a tradition that lasts for a long time, that inspires that kind of honor or commitment that, um, yeah, it's just, it's
1: interesting at the very least. So, um... So, I think that's all for Dragon Bella Conspiracy. Should we move on to one of these other books I brought? Hmm. I th-
0: well, is there in our. We've got about 10 minutes left. We're okay. Gonna, we're going to keep our runtime at about an hour. Is there anything related to the Sagi and Jimbo world that you'd like to talk about before we finish up?
1: Well, I think it's notable to say that there was a separate series called Spaces Usagi that is about a descendant in the far flung future. Ah. Uh, space Usagi has a energy sword like a, like a lightsaber, right? Uh, it, there's a lot of aliens and space travel, and then did Stan
0: do that as well?
1: Oh, he did. He did. Nice. Does um, that
0: does that have any bearing on the the current Netflix series, or are they totally separate things?
1: No, they're totally separate. I mean, the current Netflix show is still a, a descendant of Usagi. It's um, still like.
0: Like 1700s Japan or something. Or... No,
1: no, it's uh, I haven't seen the Netflix show, but it sounds like it takes place a few hundred years later or something. Maybe, oh, like maybe towards the end of the samurai era almost, like into the industrial revolution. Uh, maybe I'm not sure. It's a fictional world in the book senso This is the last book of the series. Plug your ears now if you don't want to know what happens in this book. Uh, but Usagi's Usagi, world is invaded by octopus aliens, like War of the Worlds. Uh, now, when Stan Sakai made this, he didn't just end the series, by the way. He jumped back and continued making stories in that world. But this takes place 15 years after whatever he eventually ends with the last story is. Uh, Usagi dies and p- fighting the aliens, and he passes his swords down to his son, Hmm. Jotaro. Um, And my point is, is that these swords travel from descendant to descendant and there's the um, potentiality, the potential for various series within the Usagi franchise to follow different descendants of the character. Um,
0: Now does Stan... I imagine he's getting up in years like is 60s 70s by now yes does he uh does he have any proteges that may carry it on after his death or will it die with stan do you think
1: uh, as far as i know it will die with stan um
0: he there's something there's something appealing about that though it's like he's the only one to have ever i don't done think it. i mean more or less
1: Yeah, that's true and to be completely honest unless it was Someone that could imitate his art style and his storytelling and keep the quality up I don't think fans would accept it anyway. i really don't Um, We talked about the Netflix series and I don't want to watch the Netflix series I eventually probably will get around to it anyway, but but the quality isn't there. It's just not Stan's work and and, um, The The, character designs are rubbish
0: I feel like that's fairly unique like having one writer artist be involved with maybe I'm wrong about that but with a comic book series like for for decades and have them be like the sole in a sense the sole proprietor if you will the sole creative creative force like I'm trying to think of another example within the comic book realm there's definitely comic strips like you have Jim Davis obviously with Garfield and but that's different that's a different that's different so to speak
1: and And I've heard tales that he has ghost artists uh yeah and writers that have been groomed, and he but his name is still on there <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, I don't want to say anything that's not true, but that's what I've heard could be
0: i mean that would make some sense, make your life easier, i guess you know if you if you felt they did work <laughs> adequate, you know which once you've got like a thirty year body of work. You know, I feel like as long as someone pays attention to detail, it's you know you've got a lot to work with. In other words, if you're trying to carry on that and and copy style, but yeah, it's it's never going to be quite the same because it's a different brain working, right. on, working on it. Um, but yeah, there's something kind of nice about the idea of like this will end when when Stan either decides to hang it up or and or dies.
1: Yes. Um. Uh, yes, I truly, it would be, if if it were done correctly, it would be great, but I don't think that uh, there is anyone groomed to take his place, and I do believe it will end with him. Um, I think that's why he went ahead and did Senso. I I don't want to talk about anything too sensitive, but he did, he, he took a break after his wife passed away, and then he did mm-hmm. Senso, which... Ends the Usagi Yojimbo story and then connects it with Space Usagi. And personally, I think it's because, with his wife passing away, he was thinking about, um, how much time he had left to complete yeah. the story. Now he has remarried; he has a second wife now. I want to point that out. Okay. Um, I, I assume he's doing very well. Um.
0: Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to keep an eye out, see if he ever comes to, I mean, I'm sure you'll be on top of that yourself, but if he ever comes to a convention, I'd, I'd enjoy meeting him as well. Like, yeah. If he, ever, if he ever makes his way back down to Heroes Con. That would be day. great.
1: Now, I don't know if I will be on top of it or not, because to be honest, I didn't know that he was going to be in Charlotte. Ah. At Heroes Con back in 2019 until the morning of the convention, so they didn't advertise it as much. Well, no, they did. I just wasn't paying attention. <gasps> ah, at okay. Uh, he was the star guest of the entire thing. Really? He, he, okay. he and Sergio Aragone since they're friends. Um, well, that's too that's bad. Cool. That's cool. Sergio didn't make it down for that Friday when I went. I think it was a Friday anyway, which is too bad. I, I think his flight got delayed. Funny story. When I did meet Stan Sakai, I brought all my books for him to sign, and uh, I just started taking the books one by one out of the bag. And his wife looked at me and just said, "You are Felix the Cat."
0: <laughs> Felix the Cat. huh? Yeah. Oh, the, uh, the magic you're just bag pulling him out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nice. But uh, it, w- it was nice meeting him. Did it? Did he sign them all for you? He did. He did. Nice. Nice. Mr. Sakai
0: no he seem, seems like a cool cool person
1: yeah everybody talks about just how wonderful and nice he is um, he has quite the good reputation anyway um, if we have Tom I can talk about some of the animated appearances of Usagi or we can just uh, wrap things up well, I think we're we're coming close to an hour here, so maybe we can wrap
0: this up. Maybe we can come yeah. back uh, for for another revisit of this topic and and talk about his animated appearance.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I can finally watch uh, the Netflix show and and uh, we can talk about what we. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can catch some of it or something. I've been planning on getting Netflix again. <laughs> Sorry, my my daughter wants to add her her. Uh,
0: two cents she's so like <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to say
1: but uh maybe we can talk about that later <laughs> yeah
0: yeah we yeah we should do that well will this has been fun I've kind of enjoyed this like this is um I mean it is an episode but it, this is the closest to like me interviewing you that, that we've done you know this is a topic that I knew very little about and obviously you're a long term fan and
1: right and um
0: yeah this is this has been fun
1: i know we're the irreverent nerds but i can't help but be reverent towards stan sakai no i hear that man i hear that i am
0: i think if i had a comic book probably the closest i would come in comic book realm would be jeff Logan, tim Tim sale I, i
1: love their batman work um i remember uh you tried to meet tim sale one time we were at heroes together that sounds familiar yeah
0: i think the only time we went was uh 2010 i think it was uh but yeah we need to make it out there together this year and, uh, yeah it'd be fun I'd, i don't know if they'd let us do that but like what if they recorded a live episode from the from the convention that'd be that'd be kind of although we, i don't see why
1: they wouldn't let us
0: yeah, I mean, well, I don't know, Maybe, but maybe we could get in his press, too, and like, have ha, 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 ha. the door fee. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> right. That would be cool. It's like, hey, we've been in this podcast for a year. We have almost 50 episodes. Um, actually, we might be at 50 now. I'm trying to... I have to go back and look. <laughs> I know
1: we're... <laughs> that sounds great. Let's <laughs> This is, this maybe is episode do number that. 10
0: of season three. Mm, so, yeah, we might have crossed the 50, 50 line. A little bit ago. That's right. (laughs) So, hey, uh, let's see. So next week is anime week. Wait, maybe we could do running kitchen next week. Hey, good idea. There's our topic. We just picked it. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so next week plan on us talking about the anime running kitchen and, um, I'll try to catch up. I know I've watched a few episodes over the years. I'll try to catch up with that. And, uh, Yeah, so that's our topic for next week. And then uh, the movie of the month, you know, give you a preview of that, is going to be Shazam, you know, because that's coming up for release (laughs) pretty soon. So we're going to hit up the Marketplace Cinema again and then do an instant review and then a deep dive of that. So looking forward to some more DC content. And I'm wondering if Black Adam's going to make an appearance at any point in there. I guess we'll find out, or the Flash even. Like if it's going to connect it all to Flashpoint paradox, it'll I don't be, know. be interesting to see if they've started making that, or if they're just going to be like, okay, these are our final two in the the echoes of the verse and then James Gunn and Saffron, Peter Saffron, are going to be like, okay, from this point on, we are the masters.
1: I have opinions about that, but that this is not the episode to talk about. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> no, that, we're not. This is not DC episode. So anyway, well,
0: guys, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, keep an ear out for next week's episode. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get the video figured out so we can get a video episode for next week's. Uh, in the meantime, I need to get caught up on uploading the other ones to YouTube. So you guys will still have some content to watch if you want to. Anyway, nerds, peace out. Sayonara. Live long and prosper. Thank you for joining us for another week's episode of the Irreverent Nerds podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode to drop, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us a voice message. We will include it in next week's episode. Go to anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd. Click on the message button and drop us a line. You can also follow us on Instagram. We are at irreverent underscore nerds. And we are on Facebook, simply the irreverent nerds. That's our fan page. You can also check out extra content on our YouTube channel. Just look us up, the irreverent nerds. Each week we will put a video version of the previous week's episode up for viewing. So check it out there. There's also some video shorts and assorted other content so check us out any of those places like comment subscribe follow we got polls on many of our episodes so we'd love it if you participate in those and most episodes have a simple question what'd you think of the episode so please let us know we'd we'd love to hear what you have to say positive constructive criticism say tell us you hated it whatever we just love to hear from you we would love it if you would consider supporting our podcast financially. So go to our anchor profile, just as I mentioned before, anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd, and you can click on the support button there. You can set it up for as little as ninety-nine cents a month, or four ninety-nine a month, or even nine ninety-nine a month. We would really appreciate your support. It costs a little bit to produce, not, not too much, but more than anything, it would just let us know that you value the work that we're doing each week. We would greatly appreciate that. So, until next time, nerds, live long and prosper.